Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A.K. Scott will punt it for the Chargers. Kicks it very high. And the ball loose. Must loose at the 30. Falling on it. At the 27, it looked like the Chargers got the muff. The snap, ball put down, kick is away, end over ran. It's good, it's good. The Chargers have won. And they have never won until now. And the pain so excruciating that Hopkins, after the game-winning kick, falls to the turf, holding onto his leg, but he's won it. And that's all you needed to see from last night's game between <laughs> the Denver Broncos Just take our and the Los Angeles <laughs> Superchargers. Not so super primetime action. We've become used to that with the Broncos. We've now seen them in primetime four times in six weeks. And there are three more standalone games. That's crazy. The Broncos. That's crazy. Coming up over the balance of the season. It's PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at Google Store. Com. You'll learn more about last night's game and everything else happening in the NFL here on PFT Live on Peacock Series 6M85. Hello to our good friends in the UK and Ireland. Tape delay on Sky Sports because Chris has a potty mouth and podcast where the potty mouth is included at no extra charge. Hello, Chris. It was great seeing you this weekend, even though you continue to ignore my invitation to show up for Monday morning show. I do. Do you? You know, I don't even like I have not even seen a clip from Monday morning show. Are you sitting in my chair right here doing the show, too? Are you sitting a little catty corner sideways? How you, you like sit when we're both here? I have I haven't seen it. I didn't even catch a clip. I sit where the microphone is. Oh, man. So, so you were sitting in my seat, and you probably did. I was right there. You did probably spit into this microphone, and yeah. Okay, all right. It wasn't too messy this morning when I got I, in here. It was pretty good. So I, I, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't spit into the microphone, but I did fart into the chair. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, thank you. That's great. Very nice of you. <laughs> hey, by the way, by the way, right. by the way, what? why is there the copy of my book that I personally signed and sent to you laying on the floor in that studio why is that well it wasn't laying on the floor 
Now, yes, it was. No way. That's not it the one. It was yesterday. That's not the one that you sent to me personally. That's wrong. Oh. No. Okay. That's one that Matt Casey had brought in here, producer Matt Casey, who had brought in here as props, you know, when you were, you know, just every day, you know, no, just, you just didn't care where you were pubbing your book. So he, I had it here just in case, just to hold it up and like have All fun right. in there. Got All it? Right. Got All it? Right. That's fine. So it's the copy I personally signed and sent to him. There's the photographic evidence. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. you, Courtney. Yeah. Laying on the floor. Wait, see? let's see. See, Matt. See. Look, Matt. Oh, it is Matt. Yes. It is Matt's. Yeah. All right. Okay. You, what, um, you n- mumbling, well stuttering prick, you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> we blurred that out. Uh, okay, that's that's good. That's good. And, and that's, I'm that's a real funny. friend. Don't worry, I wouldn't somebody, do that. Somebody apparently heard me complaining about it yesterday, even though I didn't mention it on the show. I was going to wait until next Monday, but then I thought, you know what? If that's Chris's copy, I may as well get to the bottom of it today. Never. And this is one of those days where if we can talk about anything other than the game, it's a good day. Oh, no, but, you know, do it. it's... But but what? here's something that occurred to me this morning, because as you're sitting there absorbing it, you think certain things like, yeah. when is this going to be over with? But when it's over, there are plenty of storylines and we've got all of them covered at PFT, but we're going to talk about all of them today. We take for granted certain things in football. We take for granted a long snapper who won't sail the ball over the punter's head. And you never see that anymore. And you rarely see a bad snap, a truly bad snap on a field goal try. Yeah, rarely. It if is. The, it's rare. If the regular guy's injured, right. right? You rarely see a bad spot where guys fumbling and mumbling the ball around. Yeah, we had the Bengals game this year, right, against the Steelers. Hurt their snapper. That's the only right. game the whole year right. we've had any issues there. But we've had two primetime games yep. in week six decided by the inability of the punt returner to catch the ball. Now, Last night, it's a little bit harder when someone is being blocked into you while you're trying to catch the ball. But still, that should be as automatic. That function, it's so important to secure possession of the ball. That should be as automatic as the long snap. Should it not? Or is it just that difficult with the ball up there and guys running at you? Yeah. And if that's the case, let the damn thing hit the ground. Yeah. Well, if you have yeah. any doubt whatsoever with the game on the line, when especially, and you know, we talk about analytics. Well, it would seem to me that there are certain occasions where the analytics would suggest stay the hell away from it, because in a game where it's punt, 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 punt in overtime, you don't want to give the other team. That advantage. And I wish I had tweeted this before it happened because I did have the thought. I really did. As they're punting back and forth in overtime, you know what? Somebody's just going to muff one of these and that's going to be the that's going to be the game. They're just going to keep punting until somebody muffs and somebody's going to get a short field goal. And that's going to be it because the offenses went into a shell in overtime. Yeah, well, it was a shell for uh, really the majority of the football game. I mean, even when they well, were. Why don't why? Yeah. Why isn't there more emphasis put on? And maybe it's just a rare skill. I think it. I think it so is a little bit of a rare up, skill. Balls coming down, yeah. guys all around you, right. and to not mess it up in that moment. It, it's it is a rare skill. That's where I would I would like just you know when I I would say hey it's not the same as snapping or field goal snapping or punting you know or anything like that. It's a little more pressure packed in my opinion. You know again it, it's it's practiced 
you know, to to exhausting matter, you know, exhausting. You did take a ton of reps. I can't speak today. Whatever I'm trying to spit out there, but they, I mean, it's it's every day before practice. It's after practice. It's you know, get out there way before the game. Get out there again in full pads way before everybody's out there for the game to catch it again. It's just Mike. Imagine it. You know, again, it's usually a crazy dude or a really sick athlete that is doing that job to where, wait, he can look up, look down, look up, look down. He wants to return it, and that's crazy in itself. He wants to go, wait, I don't really want a fair catch this. I want to catch it. I Wait, how much room do I got? How much room do I got? I can catch it. I can run. Okay? And then you play into the fact of, hey, yeah, you're moving. You're running. The ball's spinning a weird way off of different punters' you know, f- feet and, and how they punt the ball. And then you add in lights and sun and some elements there. I, I, it, it is, it's one of the tougher ones for sure. But they simulate everything else yeah. in practice. Yeah. I, I don't know what it would take, like – Having having rabid dogs running at the guy in practice, <laughs> well, yeah. having rattlesnakes right. on the ground. I mean, what you you would think they would come up with a way to yeah to approximate the psychological the pressure stress and all that that yeah. arises in that moment, right. so you never see that. And I I don't know. I assume there's guys out there that are so sure-handed we just don't notice it. That's the thing you don't notice it until it happens, until it bounces off the face of Velas Jones the Bears punt returner, who may not be the Bears punt returner after what we saw on Thursday night, but two boring primetime games decided by a muffed punt and the field position that goes along with it. Now, there was a throw from Justin Herbert to Mike Williams that got the ball into closer range for Dustin Hopkins because that that adds to the drama when the kicker – is injured and his leg was a hamstring issue all night. Right, yeah. Right. The hamstring that happened when he made his first field goal of the night and he kept kicking through it and collapsing to the ground after his kicks. He, he was reliable, but a 39 yard field goal, which is the exact distance to the one that Gary Anderson once missed in the 1998 NFC championship game that would have put the Vikings up by 10, but I digress, but 39, anytime there's a 39 yard field goal, folks, I think of that 24 years later, but that's an automatic field goal in today's NFL, but it's not automatic when the kicker's got a bad leg. So there was some drama there, and I'm thinking he's going to miss this damn thing, and this game is going to be tied. Yeah, we'll right. Sat here it had that feel. minutes of football, right. and we're going to have a tie. Yeah, I, it, it had that feel. It seemed like a game that nobody really wanted to win. You know, there was no offensive imagination at all. You know, again, I know the Chargers are 4-2, and two, but I don't sit here and go, oh, wow, man, are they fun to watch, and ooh, wow. I mean, I've gone downhill ever since they've won, lost their game to the Chiefs. I mean, I, that was the high point of the year for me, for the Chargers, getting into it. When they lost to the Chiefs, I went, oh, they look good tonight. They, they look like they legit have a, a Super Bowl-caliber type of football team. I think they've looked worse every week since. I mean, Really? It just it's 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 again. What the do you de- think it is? Well, what is it? What well, are you seeing? One, the defense is not special, right? We know that. Last night, I mean, that offense is not, nothing to write home about. They're they're not going to be compared to the greatest show on turf anytime soon. That's for sure. I mean, we'll unpack them in a minute, but they're embarrassing almost on that side of the ball, the Broncos. And then the Chargers defensively, yeah, okay, solid night. But again, I'm not going to put it in in high regard against that group. You know they're 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 not a great run stopping team, which is another thing where it was weird with the Broncos last night. They didn't run the football, but then the passing offense. I mean, to me, Mike, they're 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 doing a disservice. They're dropping the ball here with how they play 
football with Justin Herbert. You know, he's the machine, right? And we talk about it all the time. When he's in the pocket and it's just like he was last night. But can we throw a freaking ball past five yards? I mean, really? We're going to have one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. One of the greatest arms in the league right now, not named Mahomes or Allen. Justin Herbert's in that conversation. You would agree. He might be there with them when the pocket's clean and all that. And all they do is throw seven and eight yard passes. They do nothing ever in any game, really, to push the ball down the field other than he might throw a back shoulder to Mike Williams 20 yards down the field while he's covered. And holy cow, is it frustrating to watch. And it's, it's got an off, offense that's got all the answers, but no pressure or pizzazz or anything that makes you think there's a, something elite about it that's going to get them over the hump to get them where they want to go. What's your thought, there Mike? There wasn't it. Yeah. Well, I, they made the point anytime they did throw to Mike Williams, which was rare, like why aren't they throwing to Mike Williams more often? Keenan Allen's been injured. I yeah. can't imagine they miss him that much that it dramatically transforms the offense into what we've seen. But you're right. Justin Herbert last night, 57 passes, the most passes ever thrown in a game without a touchdown pass being thrown. And, and for it's 238 difficult. yards. For 238 it's, yards, is uh, it's, it's, that's, it's almost hard to do, right? I, I mean, I, I just I can't even believe it. This day and age in the NFL, 57 times for 238? 4.17 yards per attempt. That is pathetic. Pathetic. 4.17. 1.21 gigawatts. And, I mean, we, you have to give the defense credit. Yeah. Because at some point, I mean, we see bad offense and we just think the offense sucks. At some point, the defense is good. And that's the problem. The Broncos' defense doesn't deserve what it's getting that's offensively. Right. This team that's right, could Mike. be undefeated if it was get. You know, all those Broncos fans were all razzed up going into the season, justifiably so. New quarterback, new coach, new owner, new everything. They've suffered through crap since they won Super Bowl 50, haven't been to the playoffs, multiple losing seasons, no good quarterbacks and everybody's excited well the defense is great and EJ Everett probably won't be there next year that's how great the defense is because he'll be a head coach somewhere else that's how great the defense is and you saw before overtime Justin Simmons who was activated from injured reserve or pup and back on the team and getting the guys fired up I mean the defense held its end of the bargain can you imagine how the defensive players felt last night in the locker room when they did everything they could to win that game and, you know, the guy muffs the damn punt at a time when we're winning the field position battle and we have the Chargers on the ropes and maybe we can get Brandon McManus out there for a 60-yard field goal That's to win right. it. That's right, and we And we can't get the game done when we've done everything in our power to win it. That has to be so frustrating, and at some point it's going to create a fracture in the locker room. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 it's you know not there yet, but you're right. I'm sure they are frustrated. They're one of the best defenses in football. I mean, you know, you know, plain and simple. You can see they can rush the passer. Patrick Sertain is in the conversation for the best corner in the game. Uh, Justin Simmons is special. We got we got guys across the board that are are special in their secondary. I and mean, it, it is it's a top tier defense. We've seen them make life hard on everybody. And you know, I'm not I'm sure they're not at that point yet. But that's what was frustrating for all of us last night. There was two great quarterbacks on the football field, and, you know, one didn't play bad, but it was just, them. oh, okay, five yards, oh, four yards, oh, he jammed it in there for three yards, which I don't know if they could have done a whole lot more than that, so I, that's where I don't want to be like, it's boring, but I'm not going to be too critical, but it's hard not to be critical of the Broncos and Russell Wilson. It is. It's across the board. 
I mean, it's across the board. And, you know, I, hey, oh, 10 for 10 start. Hey, great. Okay, yes, it was a 10 for 10 start. But even that, Mike, I mean, that didn't make me feel good, the 10 for 10 start. The 10 for 10 start was three plays where he broke the pocket. Again, it had nothing to do with the offense. It was just, wait, I'm going to, nobody's there. I'm not going to read. I'm not going to throw to the open guy. Let me escape. And, okay, I do have a talented arm and I made a throw. And, oh, they busted a coverage here. But you can really boil it down to this. I mean, this was the second of big throws in the first half for the Broncos. They had one on the first drive that set them up for the field goal. Then they have this and the play after right here. And good night, everybody. Just believe us, they didn't do anything else after this for the rest of the freaking night. It is amazing that the offense just went away after oh my that gosh. 10 for 10 start. 5 for 18 the rest of the game. Horrific on third down. Mr. Limited, well done on that. Oh, I'm sorry, Russ. But, hey, look, he, he's, <laughs> getting well, he's getting well paid to take the abuse. Yeah, he's got Melvin that. Gordon got benched. He had three carries for eight yards in the first quarter. He was done after that. And Peter King has been openly advocating. Well, Peter King, one of the nicest, most level-headed, even-keeled guys in all of media, has right. been openly saying, put Melvin Gordon's ass on the bench. And they finally did without him fumbling. And, you know, that would have been a night for him to really come out and play That's hard. That's where I was shocked. former team. Right. Like, what are you? What you know? What are you doing? Give the guy a chance. Latavius Murray stepped up. He's fairly new to the team. Mike Boone, another guy with Vikings connections, and George Payton back to Minnesota along with Murray. But Gordon, Gordon, you know, Cam Akers is available on trade. Melvin Gordon may be available on trade. Maybe the LA or the the yeah, the, the, the Broncos and the LA Rams can just do a swap of Cam Akers and Melvin Gordon. Well, what happened? Like that? That's where we never really got to the bottom of it. You saw him in there, and it's like. There was some sort of disagreement or argument on the sideline that we weren't aware of because it was. He it said was, no one told him. No one told him why he was benched. It was very I felt like clear. it could have made a difference. I do. No one told tonight, me why. That, that, that was weird about it. And again, we're talking about a team that is, I mean, it, bad run defense. It's it's one of the poor run defenses in football for the second year in a row. And I, I, I mean, I, I was there early on going, wait, are we, are we serious here? Denver, are we going to throw one yard passes to the sidelines and not run the ball against the, the chargers and test that out? And, you know, and then he hits the two or three plays and you go, Oh, okay. Well, maybe they got something tonight. I don't know. But then they, they never really got into it that way. But yeah, you would think tonight that last night would have been a night where they could have cashed in on that. Certainly, certainly cashed in on it as the game went along better than what they did and what they were trying to do. I mean, it's where, Mike, it's just, it's hard to watch. You know, replays I see, it does look like people are open at times. Mike, people getting just absolutely scot-free, scotch-free, whatever the hell they say on the streets, all right, with blitzes. We're, we're talking about a quarterback that we're going, wait, you played all this football and they brought a weak side linebacker and a free safety blitz and we, I mean, we don't block anybody. There's no adjustment to the protection or anything. Like things that, to me, as a quarterback that played eight years and a guy that expects a lot out of someone like Russell Wilson, I just went, I, some of the stuff I'm just going, damn, I mean, he's got to go back to the drawing board. We're missing some basics here as far as what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball, Mike. There's clearly a disconnect between the Nathaniel Hackett system that he supposedly constructed specifically for Wilson, along with his system. He mentioned that after the Thursday night loss to the Colts from 12 days ago that went to overtime, and the Colts eventually won, and we talked about that like and the, talked about that. Yeah. But, but, but what, you know, 
and this is what Sean Payton said a couple weeks ago. Remember we talked about this? I would look at everything that Russell yeah. Wilson did when he was with Seattle that worked, and I would make sure that that's incorporated into the offense, and I would use it. It's that simple. So I don't know if there's a philosophical thing here. You know, Nathaniel Hackett's been waiting all these years to be a head coach. Now he's a head coach. It's his team, and he's going to make the square peg fit in the round hole, and he's not going to do what works for Russell Wilson. At some point, they've got to just take a step back and do what they know Russell has done in the past that has worked. And we we see it in flashes. And I know you can't make that your base offense. Yeah. Hey, Russell, just run around until somebody's open. But maybe that's what they did in Seattle. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to go back and look. And when we see what worked for Russell Wilson, it was run around and somebody pops open. You know, every once in a while, you know, you would drop back and well, you throw yeah. that 70-yard beautiful arc. It's just it's just not there unless he does get out of the pocket. No, well, yes, but, but the the problem is is he's not going to be able to run and move like he used to, and he doesn't already. He has lost a step, so he's not as dangerous as that as as far as that's concerned. And we saw, you know, some progress in the last two years up in Seattle with him throwing in the pocket and dicing people up. To you'd think, well, well, okay, I know there's some new moving parts here, and we're learning a new offense, but it should be you know, better than what it is. And I, Mike, you know, again, I, I've watched just about every snap of them on, on the offensive side of the ball this year where I, I think they are doing things that he's supposed to be comfortable with. I'd love us to play that package of plays we just played in the, the last little two series, guys, there, Courtney, if we can. Just because, you know, even there, Mike, there's, there's, there's fundamental flaws. Like, first off, where are we running there? The pocket was perfect. Why did we run? Okay, I know we got nine yards. You can't see. You can't see. I, I know. I, I mean, hear you, Mike. At what point? At what point is that the issue? He can't see well, when he's in the pocket. I, I understand that, but at, at times he's he's also like it's just if in the even the package before that, guys, the one we played before that, uh, that was like three or four passes. Yeah, I understand, but at at some point too, he's got to like nobody can see perfectly in the NFL. It, you you got to just be able to go, wait, through my studies, through where guys are lined up, you know, this 20-yard out. Yeah, I don't see perfectly, but he's there. i got to throw it. And he's he's reluctant to do that. You know, like this play here is even scary. He didn't even see the safety across. Good thing he threw a crap ball because Troy Aikman said it. That was going to be a pick. Here, it's step up in the pocket. Okay, I'm not like necessarily disappointed with that one. That wasn't that bad. I get it, and and that was a tough play. But we got another play coming up here, where again there's another one where I go, that was fine. Stay there. You caused the create the, the 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 chaos and the creation by moving. And there was a bunch of other plays throughout the night where I wish I could have clipped off for the show and said like, hey, look at this. Why the hell is he moving? It's perfect. It's just it's it's really uh, head scratching right now. His performance, what he's seeing, the panic in the pocket. First guy not open. Let me look at the rush and just run around like a chicken with my head cut off. I, I didn't think we were going to see this with Russell Wilson in Denver. Your, your criticism of Deshaun Watson back when he was actually playing football a couple of years ago was that he treated every play like it was the last play of the Super Bowl and he was trying to extend it and do too much sure. every snap. Sure. I feel like Russell Wilson, despite the calm demeanor and the smile and all is well when he's talking to the media. I think inside there's a storm raging and maybe he thinks any given snap, he can turn it around and he's feeling that pressure every time he has a ball to reverse now six weeks of frustration and next game, it'll be seven weeks of frustration. And, 
and he he just he feels like there's so much on him in that moment, like the pressure on the guy to catch the punt, like he feels that tremendous pressure constantly because he knows what people are saying, he knows how people are reacting to him. There has to be some sort of turmoil in the locker room. There has to be between the offense and the defense. You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the end of the first half. He made sure he stood out there in the hallway and welcomed every member of the team into the locker room. Now, did he do that because he knew there was a camera there? Quite possibly. But I think they're doing everything they can to hold this thing together because he's the one that is going to be regarded, as this continues, as the main reason why it's not working. And I said before the show, I saw Drew Locke's name trending on Twitter, and I couldn't help but wonder whether the Broncos fans are saying, can we just have Drew Locke back at the trade deadline? (laughs) Uh, That'd be hilarious, right? (laughs) Give us him back. Give him back to us. And uh, we'll keep him here, and, and we'll keep Gino too. We actually don't even want Russell back. We'll just we'll keep Gino. We'll give you Drew Locke, and we'll go from there. Uh, I I mean I was, I'm, that's from the Seattle perspective, but yeah, uh, it, it is amazing. It is amazing right now what, what we're watching. I wonder. I wonder if Pete Carroll that picture he tweeted after beating Cliff Kingsbury, in which the was Cardinals, awesome, right? I wonder if that's his setup when it, when the when the Broncos are on in prime time too. I have a feeling <laughs> that Pete's sitting there all chill and happy. Right, uh, he's he's got to be. He's got to be. I will like, never admit it. This is amazing. He's got to be loving every minute of this because he's been vindicated. Even though the, the Seahawks are three and three, although in the NFC three and three, hell in the AFC three and three, you're right in the thick of things. All right. But Geno Smith is playing great, yep. and Russell is playing as poorly as he could have possibly played. Pete Carroll is vindicated by the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Or anybody that has been been up in Seattle that you know had beef with Russell Wilson or didn't like you know the way he treated guys or the fact that he got too much attention. I think they're all smirking. You know, as we saw last week or two weeks ago with Richard Sherman and, and company. I think there's a lot of people there that. You know, rightly so. I think some took some cheap shots, certainly around there that you know, haven't loved the way he's treated them or whatever else. And now they're basking in the the glory of his, you know, horrible football play. But I, I'm, I don't I don't you know. know what, my, though, let me say yeah, one thing. Yeah. Let me say one thing. Yeah, because Richard Sherman's got this podcast now and, and he put out a teaser last week that Marshawn Lynch was going to be on. And they created the impression in the teaser that Sherman and Lynch crap all over Wilson. And Lynch was actually very empathetic and very charitable toward what Russell's going through now. And and and, and I love Marshawn Lynch, and yeah. he gets it. And he's concerned about the mental health of guys who currently play and guys who did play. And he understands there's still a human being inside there. Despite everything that Russell tries to sell, there's still a guy in there who's trying to figure his life out. And he's trying to justify this huge contract. And he's trying to be the guy that the Broncos fans wanted to be. And it's got to be difficult. And I thought what Marshawn Lynch actually said was so much better. It was so easy to crap on the guy now. And I think what Lynch said, instead of this, this negativity that was teased by whoever produces and distributes the podcast. I think it was it was very well said by Marshawn Lynch. And yeah, you know, at some point we do have to we do have to understand, even though by all appearances, Russell Wilson hasn't made, and of course he wants us all to think he's got it made and to envy his life, and it's so great. Right now, he's going through some stuff. He is, just like Tom Brady, and these guys are human beings, and we, we, we need to it's, – it's easy 
to pile on, but we need to remember that at the core, there's, you know, there's some stuff that they're both dealing with right now. And it it doesn't make life easy no, for either. No, of them. well, and people the, the the thing I think that's bad is people get personal, and that's where it it it, it goes. It crosses the line, and you know, again, I don't, not that you have to love Russell Wilson, but you know, I, I again, I you know, people talk like we said last week. Nobody said anything while he's playing well. That's right. They all harbor this resentment, and they right. think now that he's playing poorly, we can crap all over him because he doesn't matter to us anymore. We don't need to get him on our show anymore. We don't want him on our show anymore so we can say what we really think. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you had an issue with the guy, say it when he's right. great, right. like I do about Aaron Rodgers, although I guess he's not that great. Well, not we, right now. We are but... seeing this golden age of quarterbacks where we had well, intersection you're... of mm-hmm. great young quarterbacks and these older quarterbacks. The older guys are starting to fall you're apart before it. our eyes. Uh-huh. You're seeing it. And no doubt about it. That's a hundred percent. They're not in the other. They're right now. They're not in the class of the young guys. They are not. And and again, we can get into Sunday and those two freaks of nature in Kansas City and Buffalo. Though they stand alone as the two best quarterbacks in football. There is a gap between them and the rest of everybody else. And then you can start talking about the Burroughs and the Herberts and and Lamar Jackson. In my opinion. And then maybe you start to get to the old guys. Jalen Hurts, maybe you throw him into the conversation this year. I mean, but yeah, it, it's certainly not. Let me talk about Brady, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, or Aaron Rodgers right now. Absolutely not. They're not in the same stratosphere as some of these young guns. Um, and, and you're right, it is kind of like alarming to see, and especially with Russell Wilson, because it just it's, it's so all over the place, and it's so inconsistent. And it's bad reads, and it's Mike. I, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the pressure to make want, make want to make something happen. But there's a side of me too that goes, or is it the pressure of not wanting to make a mistake too? That's the other thing that you know I come all away it, with. It's right? All of it. I know. The maybe, blender right. gets turned on yeah, high every yeah. time the ball ends up in his hands. Yeah. I think it's everything. Right. He doesn't want to make another mistake, and he wants to reverse all the mistakes he's made, and it gets compounded, and it's more pressure on him each and every time in each and every game. And we're going to see it again, and we're going to see it against the Broncos coming, or the Jaguars, excuse me, coming up on a Sunday morning from London in a couple of weeks in the, the fifth of their seven standalone games this year. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it is. We're going to see. I mean, the, the, the thing that's alarming is we saw them come out of the gates and look good and then – or have moments of looking good to go, oh, this thing in Denver here has got a chance. And we haven't seen really anything – that is even resembles the second half of the Seattle game since that. And in a lot of ways, I could sit there and go, I, I think it's gone the, the actual opposite direction, you know, other than just a few random big plays. Like, well, the drive against the 49ers. Exactly. Right? One in five right now, but for that drive. Exactly. The drive against the 49ers, there's two or three throws against the Raiders, you know, even though they lost the game. And then last night, there's the, there's the three throws. Other than that, it is below average football, and um, yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. This, this is a tough one, and again, I think they're doing their best to try to organize the offense, Mike, to make it feel comfortable for him. Even last night, again, 
A lot of concepts where everything is outside makes him feel comfortable. He does, he does not want to throw in the middle because of what you said earlier. I guess he can't see it clearly enough. It's always been an issue, but right now it seems like it's more of an issue than ever before. And because they can't get other things going, it's it's even more glaring that they don't attack that part of the football field. You know, I, I we could think about it last night again too. Where think off the top of your head, Mike? Really? Do you remember him throwing a ball in a tight window down the middle of the field the whole night? I didn't plan on even going here, but as I think about it, I go, I can't really remember a throw off the top of no, my those head. Those guys are all wide open. Right, right. I mean, the ones that were completed were wide right, open. Right, right. But I don't remember one where, hey, drop back for five, hitch, and, oh, he hit the tight end in between the, you know, the weak linebacker and the middle linebacker. Nothing like that. It doesn't exist in their offense, and it's just hard to exist and be creative or, or be good on that side of the ball without some of these elements they're missing right now. I've got an idea that's percolating in my brain. I want to let it continue to churn while we listen to Russell Wilson talk about last night's loss and also the shoulder injury that he had entering the game uh, that happened against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. Shoulder did good, you know. Um, But listen, I I think the only thing that matters is us winning. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The only thing that matters is us winning and finding a way. Um, Been through tough times before. I know know that... uh, and I know that we can come on the other side. We've got too many good football players and, and, and uh, guys who work their butts off every day. And so we've got to make that happen. And, um, you know, that, there's no excuse for it. We've got we to find a way. Like, like, once again, I thought we did some really good things. Uh, we did some things that we should have tightened up and done better. And so uh, what I'm focused on is, you know, finding a way to keep doing the good things that we were doing. You know, what, what, you know how do we keep doing those things? And, um, and uh, so, um, you know, tonight was unfortunate. We should have won that game, we felt like. And uh, we got we got we got to keep going. You know what? He's getting closer to having a human moment. He's starting to not believe his own BS. Like after the loss to the Colts, he was able to deliver all that smiling, and and I think he realized y- you can't smile your way through it. You can't smile your way through a crap performance. At some point, you have to reflect in the way you deliver your comments what everyone else is feeling. They don't want to see you smiling and happy after you've lost a game that you should have won. They, they said they should have won last night. They should have won the game against the Colts. They should have won both games. And I just feel like he's starting to realize, I still am going to deliver the words, but I don't, I'm not even going to try to sell that I believe them anymore. And I think maybe after another loss or two, we're going to get closer and closer to, and I don't want to psychoanalyze the guy, but, but we're, we're peeling the layers down toward the real Russell Wilson one loss at a time. Well, I, I mean, I, I hear you. Uh, it's it's got to be he's got to be I you know I give him a lot of credit and this is why I think some people don't like him sometimes he's cheesy corny whatever he is what he is I I don't like think it's fake he wasn't cheesy or corny last night though no that's what I'm saying the facade is starting to melt away from Russell Wilson yeah I hear you I hear you I do well because it's just he's he's a beaten puppy right now and what else can he say so he's got to start, you know, kind of being real with the situation here a little bit and can't just always spin it as, wait, I'm oblivious to the world, the glass is half full. Because that will, like, that'll also be like the guys in the locker room will be like, is this dude delusional? Like, what, is, is, it, it's not sunny and the glass is not half full. You know, shit out here is dark and that there's a drop of water left in the glass right now. We are crappy, right? So that that's where, you know, it, it is good to see that. But, yeah. It, the offense, I just don't see signs of it turning around. And, 
You know, if they can squeak out wins while they look ugly, okay, that softens the blow as they try to figure that out on that side of the ball. But, you know, it's, wins are going to be tough. And if they lose on top of looking ugly, man, it's just going to be a, a lot more pressure and, and people talking about this as the weeks go on. Also did not end his press conference with Broncos country, let's ride. Did not. Did not. Wow. And That's news That right may be there. the first time That's he news. did not sign off with, it used to be go Hawks. Then it became Let's Ride. and uh, Yeah, well, he's off the horse right there, now. There are occasions where it just doesn't work. And you know what? It's a testament to how great he was in Seattle, that they were never this bad. There was never a time when we were like, what the hell is wrong with the Seahawks? What the hell is wrong with Russell Wilson? That's what makes this so stunning. Ten years of good to great to excellent for the entire team and for Russell Wilson. And we never ever had been in this situation where like mm, this guy just didn't very good and and that's the thing with franchise quarterbacks once we know they're great they stay great having a guy fall off like this doesn't happen it's why there's limited risk in signing a guy to a massive contract well the broncos <laughs> they're stuck with russell wilson at least through 2025 unless they want to take a massive and crippling cap hit and at some point if this continues you just have to rip off the band-aid and deal with it but th th this is stunning it's unprecedented in the salary cap age I can't think of another time where a guy who was he's, he's only 34 I don't know is he th or he turns 34 next month he's right in that gulf in the early to mid 30s he should not be falling off like this not when Tom Brady is still going fairly strong at age 45 yeah and Aaron Rodgers in his late 30s, Matt Ryan in his late 30s. This shouldn't be an age thing for Russell Wilson. I don't know what it is. And you know what else is going to happen? After every loss, we're going to hear of another injury. Now there's a hamstring that supposedly happened fourth quarter of last night's game. So you got the shoulder, you got the hamstring. And if, if he's ever benched, I don't know that they got anybody to bench him for. No, they don't. But he's never he's never going to be benched. He's going to be too injured to play before he's ever benched. Yeah, no, it's um, it's crazy. It is. And yeah, he's taking some hits. You know, and a lot of that, you know, I will say a lot of it, again, their offensive line's solid. It's not great. I know we, I know we had moments of seeing Khalil Mack and company collapse the pocket. But, man, as we, we talked about earlier, some of the hits and the running is also just – it's him. It's unnecessary. It's him not working the offense, working the pocket. And, yeah, Mike, I mean, it, it is shocking to see. Uh, I, I can't remember a move by a big-time quarterback like this that's this bumpy where, you know, we're just so accustomed to seeing him be a clutch and the way he, you know, the way he plays and operates, it's just, um, it's all in shambles right now. The one thing you know is he's going to continue to work. I'm not going to, like, throw in the white towel on Russell Wilson yet. Uh, that's for sure. I'm not. He's, he's, he's been in these, you know, problems and battled back before. But this is as bad as we've seen it. And, you know, it's like he's getting used to a new culture, a new offense. He's feeling all the pressure like you're talking about. And, you know, to your point, too, with what you're saying with Pete Carroll, I think there's a little merit to they figured out maybe what how Russell played and operated and played a style of football, you know, that was best for him while also probably, you know, making him like this a little bit in, in the way he plays quarterback, too, that's adding to, you know, some of these problems that we're all talking about right now. They hid his flaws so well that other people didn't realize the flaws were even there. That's basically what it came down to. They Looks managed like that right him. now. They managed him in a way that – because remember, I used to say about the Seahawks, because we, we believed it. 
Hey, Seahawks, if you don't regard this guy as a franchise quarterback, trade him to a team that does. And they did, and he's not. That, that's what's amazing about all of this. Now, let me, let me throw this one out there. Yeah. Because they have the 4-2 and two Jets right. coming to town this week. Rematch of the 1998 AFC Championship game. We have managed to mention both championship games from the 1998 season saw the Broncos win their second straight Super Bowl but they lose that one let's say if we don't know we don't know and we're not allowed to say maybe they will because Aaron Rodgers doesn't want that negative energy manifested and he was right then they go to London to play the Jaguars and who the hell knows with the Jaguars but you know Chris the bye weeks after the London game and there's so much focus now on Russ that we've kind of forgotten that Nathaniel Hackett isn't getting it done can you rule out the Walmart crowd just saying, let's have E.J. Evero ride this thing through to the end of the season? I mean, if we're going to lose him anyway after the year as a head coaching candidate elsewhere, let's give him the rest of the season to see if he can simplify this, turn it around, let the team run through the defense, and let's come up with a way to get Russell Wilson to play like he did when he was winning a Super Bowl with a team that, wait for it, ran through the defense. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I hope not. I, I, and for my money, we haven't gotten there. I, I wouldn't. Again, this it's not easy what we're talking about here. It is a first-time head coach. I understand that. But this is where I would want, you know, the But wall- so is Kevin O'Connor, and he's 5-1. I, I, right? I mean, look around. I, other fi- other first-time coaches are doing well, which does not help Nathaniel Hackett in this argument at all. No, it doesn't. And, and the biggest thing is just the week one decision that I think really piles onto this conversation altogether. You know, but yes, I understand that. But at the same time, I, I, if I'm the Walton family, I'm going to go, wait, I'm going to trust the people that we have here football-wise that made this decision. It's still very early on in this process. And, and the biggest thing to me is right now, if they were really – if I was going to sit down with the Walton family and we're going to watch some film, let's sit down, Walton family, and watch some film, they're going to see that – they're, the the bigger issue is the quarterback right now. It's not the fact that people aren't open. And, again, I haven't gone back to watch the film of last night or anything like that, so I can't speak to last night. But I've talked about this on my podcast. I've shown things on social and, and all of that to where it's not like the offense isn't delivering some places to throw the football. I come away every week writing a page of notes going – I, it, this is unbelievable. This guy, there's people open all over the field, and he just won't make it happen that way too. So that's where I guess I have a little bit of a side of me that wants to stick up for Nathaniel Hackett right now because of what you're talking about. I mean, maybe Seattle really did know that there was these issues, and it just it's all coming to us, you know, front and center right now uh, because they can't play a style of football maybe just to support it, make the stats look good, and then he can have the ball at the end of the game to make magic happen, and I don't think he's capable of making magic, but I wouldn't go there yet, Mike, uh, long story short. By the way, that was Broncos limited partner Sir Lewis Hamilton, seven-time F1 world champion, sitting between Rob Walton and Greg Penner, and Sir Lewis Hamilton had to be thinking last night, <laughs> given his sport, driving around in a race car, he had to be thinking, this shit is boring. <laughs> right? Look at him. He's like, when does, when does the race start? Can we put some cars out on the field? Could that make it more exciting? 
He's got to be wondering what the hell he got himself into. The Waltons and the Penners have to be wondering what they got themselves into. And that's where I think some of the urgency may come from when they get to the bye week because they had 11 days. They had the most time you can ever have between games without a bye week from a Thursday to a Monday. And that was, oh, we're going to go back to the lab and we're going to fix things. And at the end of the day, it looked fixed early, and then it all fell apart again. Let's give the Chargers. Some Let's praise, though, before there's got to be some Chargers fans out there at 4:41 a.m. Pacific time waiting to get some praise for the team. They're four and two, tied for first place in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Chiefs have the tiebreaker, but they the Chargers get a shot at him again. But hey, glass half full, glass more than half full for the Chargers, who are somehow four and two despite all the injuries, despite all the. Well, let's fourth down. Let's go for it. Fourth and 42. Let's go for it. I was surprised they didn't go for it on fourth and 13 in their own territory in overtime last night. Uh, All that stuff. They've won more games than they've lost. So the Chargers have to be feeling pretty good. If they come out of six games that feel lackluster and uninspiring, having won four of them, they're in pretty good shape. Going into the final eleven, no, they they are in good shape. There's no doubt, but they're they're also in a shape of right now where you'd go. I don't really know how good they are. I don't sit there and go, oh, they're four and two, and I really think they're a contender in the AFC. You know, but but to your point, hey, it's good. It's money in the bank, and maybe they can like figure some things out here. But they've given me nothing. Like they're four and two compared to Kansas City's four and two. My is like it's it's the absolute opposite ends of the spectrum who they're tied with in the AFC West right now. Kansas City's schedule has been, it's arguably the toughest schedule in football, and it continues and will continue. You know, they lost a heartbreaker to the Bills and absolutely dominated the Colts and lost that game because of a myriad of issues. This is a team that, you know, yeah, fought hard and lost to Kansas City, looked like crap and absolutely got crapped on and dominated by the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Got too close for comfort with the Houston Texans. Should have lost to the Cleveland Browns. Only the Cleveland Browns could do dumber things than the Chargers do at the end of the game. <laughs> and then we had last night. So that's where it's like, yeah, they're 4-2. and two, And early in the year I was going, man, they, I, maybe they're a real Super Bowl contender this year. And, I, you know, again, I, I just they're one of those teams I think like your Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it's 5-1. and one, but I'm going to put something there because I don't really think it's as good as that record. At least that's the way I feel. I don't know about you, Mike. No, it doesn't feel sustainable. Right, right. But, but I mean, th- that's the thing. We're going to have these teams that got off to a misleading start that are then just trying to dog paddle to the wall while the teams that got off to disappointing starts yeah. are going full speed to try to catch them. And some of them are going to hold on and get playoff spots, and some aren't. And frankly, we're going to be better off with those teams that find their kick in exactly. December and January yes. getting to the playoffs. Right. We're, going to, we're going to have some teams get in that shouldn't be there because they will be falling apart when... Yeah, we don't want the dog paddlers in there. You're right. Around. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the Chargers and the Vikings are two examples of dog paddlers that can... Around any corner, within every battle... And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
end up in the postseason. Uh, one thing before we, we take the break, and yeah. I saw that Courtney's crossed it out, but I do want to address this. I want to address the roughing the passer calls because Troy Vincent was on ESPN, the same network that televised last night's, ga- last night's game on Sunday, and told us everything we need to know about what's going on with roughing the passer. So I would like to see some of that trickle into the broadcast. I, when, when there's a, a questionable call, and there were two of them last night, Morgan Fox hit Russell Wilson, and it was flagged. Bradley Chubb hit Justin Herbert. When in doubt, whip it out. Well, and that's what – that's what I, – I, I don't care if John Perry agrees with the call or not. That doesn't tell me what's going on. What's going on is the referees are told, when in doubt, whip it out. And I want to hear Troy Aikman say that. If he's going to say Seagar on the show, I want to hear him say, when in doubt, whip it out, because that is what they want them to do. So it doesn't matter if our frame-by-frame review of the play – tells us that there was or wasn't helmet-to-helmet contact or there was or wasn't burping in the quarterback or full body weight. It doesn't matter whether we actually see it. What matters is they tell them, you've got the latitude to be wrong. We want you to be wrong because we basically want a force field around these quarterbacks. We want the defensive players to think twice before they hit them because we don't want them to get hit. We don't want them to get hurt. This is the polar opposite of Bounty Gate. We want to do everything we can to keep these guys healthy so more people will tune in to watch Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson instead of Chase Daniel versus Brett Rippon. That's what it's all about. And Troy Vincent told us that on the same network the day before. So it doesn't matter whether you agree with it or disagree with it. What is happening here is... They're told it's okay to be wrong. Go ahead and be wrong. Yeah, I understand that. I get that. But it's wrong. And it's wrong about the sport, and it needs to be fixed, and it needs to be adjusted. Oh, I know. So, but but the, 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 the fans who aren't watching yeah, the pregame shows, yeah, I got and we you. know the numbers tell us, especially the morning pregame shows they're right, not watching, right. it needs to be communicated to the fans during the games that this is what's happening so they understand it. So, so I mean, they still may be pissed off, but at least they understand what's going on. We need to tear down that wall and be transparent about it. And I'm calling on all networks to do it, including ours. You need to do it during the games so the fans understand what's happening. So it's not, are these referees blind? Are they inept? Are they corrupt? No, no, no. The league is telling them, don't be afraid to be wrong. That's why it's happening. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, it's egregiously wrong. It's stupidly wrong. We're calling flags for kissing guys on the cheeks now. I mean, it, it's, it's horrible. And it, again, it's natu- It's messing with the natural bylaws of football. It's taken away intimidation. Let me make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. And the biggest thing is that it's taking away. And this, uh, this play again. This one's. I, I don't have a problem with this, even though he was pushed into that guy. Which where you go? I, I don't know what you want him to do. You know, we didn't see the full. When in doubt, but when in doubt, it looks like it, so you throw it. And I'm at the point now where I'm bracing every time a quarterback gets hit. I'm bracing for the flag. Well, you get it? And that's flipping a coin. And that's wrong. That's wrong. That's 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 a blatant ruining the sport moment, Mike. That's wrong, and it's wrong because this is too. Every I don't know right now. The 2002 Ravens could never win the Super Bowl. The 2015 Broncos could not win the Super Bowl. The 85 Bears could not win the Super Bowl. The 86 Giants couldn't win the Super Bowl. Probably two out of the three early Patriot dynasties could not win the Super Bowl because they'd be illegal hitting the quarterback too hard, too much. And it would be, we got we to give them first, first down, first down, first down. It, it's taken away a huge 
Like, if you don't have a superstar quarterback, then you're just not allowed to win anymore in football. That's basically what they're doing. That's basically what they're doing. And I hate it. And I'm going to continue to get on them about it. It has to be changed. Owners, meet up. Are they meeting today or next Tuesday? Today. today. Yeah, get that shit straight. Hurry up. Six words, I think. Get that shit straight? No. No, no. (laughs) Here's, Here's the reality of the NFL. Defense wins championships. Offense makes money. And that's what it is. I said this last week. There should be a firewall between the integrity of the game and the NFL's business interests. And Troy Vincent's appearance on ESPN convinced me that they have torn the wall down. And they're admitting it. He started rattling off that 95 of the top 100 most viewed shows on TV last year were NFL games. We want that to continue. It's not about the integrity of each game. We're willing to screw a team. This is basically what they're saying. We're willing to screw a team with 15 yards of field position and an automatic first down that saves a drive and, and hurts the other team. We're willing to do that if it means sending the message there's a force field around these quarterbacks. We want them to be preserved. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be able to play. Why has it gotten worse, we want, though? We want to make Why has it gotten worse? Well, that's where Nobody's gotten uh, maybe, hurt in maybe 10 years. Maybe – Nobody maybe gets hurt. Trying to, I know, but maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying to hold these old quarterbacks together as long. Maybe as they that can. boring ass game last night would have been better if you could hit the freaking quarterback. Maybe that would have been better. And maybe that Colts shitty ass game on Thursday night against the Broncos would have been better if you could punish the quarterback and maybe would add some strip stack fumbles, turnovers, and some things to tune into. But instead, it's patty cake, patty cake, Baker's man around the quarterback. It's wrong. It's wrong. And, 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 and it's not affecting the sport that much. Peyton Manning retired. Tom Brady retired next year. And we'll all watch the Bucks play. It's, we're not going to go, oh, no. Tommy's not. The quarterback's not there. We all watch. Doesn't really matter. It's not that important. They're ruining the sport. It's, it's stupid. It's, it's, as you could tell, it really bothers me. And as we go to break, let me just remind everybody yeah. that Chris is not a former defensive player who is salty about the inability of defensive players to hit quarterbacks. He's a guy who gave his spleen and nearly gave his right. life being relentlessly punished back in the day when they didn't throw the flag over and over again. So if anybody has the authority to comment on the issue, I would say it's Christopher Davis. Thank you, Sims. Mike. Let's take a break. PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. We'll see you right after this. Really, it's an interesting question. When's the last? Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? 